0: Having a beer after a hard day's work once meant putting up with a six o'clock swill.
1: The
2: swill is not only unpleasant, it's also dangerous. Those who like beer, and surprisingly it's still legal to like it.
0: South Australia joins all other states in abandoning the six o'clock swill.
2: You're tuned to the Six O'Clock Swill, the last line of defence against the woke invaders intent on robbing us of life, liberty and laughter. I'm Nick Cater, the convener of this podcast. Joining me as usual is blogger to The Nation and Daily Telegraph columnist Tim Blair. And making her Swill debut tonight from Perth, Jenna Clark, writer with The Australian and Sky News Australia.
0: Hello. Jenna,
2: please make yourself at home. It's very relaxed company here. No pronouns necessary, (laughs) but... uh, do you mind if we call you her ladyship? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Please, with a capital H.
2: Yeah. For those who haven't caught your show on Sky News, the front page, it's well worth catching, but it means you're pretty much across the news, right? You have to get the front pages every night and review them, so we're hoping you'll bring some of that current <laughs> affairs to the show. Is it difficult?
1: Uh, yeah, it's actually really fun. I think I've um, always been a, bit a nerd for the for the news, and um, it's, it's fun to get across, but it's also um, incredibly busy when it comes to the timing of when all of the front pages sort of drop, and then you sort of start seeing a theme across all of the the nation's newspapers. One thing that I've really found out that I've loved the most is all of the regional newspapers, like when you see the Gold Coast Bulletin, Mm. the Townsville Bulletin, the Cairns Post, and how they just continue, regardless of resourcing issues, they still continue to prosecute and protect and and be there for their local communities. I think that's the beauty of the media right there.
0: Absolutely. Local papers are terrific resources.
2: It's a heyday, isn't it? Always a heyday when you get a croc story on the front of the NT News.
1: Indeed. (laughs)
0: Imagine how much bigger a croc story would be in Sydney. <laughs> Melbourne. That'd be fantastic, wouldn't it?
2: Well, I, on the rare occasions you run out of real guests and you invite me along, I always enjoy it. So so welcome to our modest podcast here. Uh, Tim, we might uh, start with the goings-on, the antics in the Senate, which um, the Australian Senate rarely makes news in this country, but I see it's been news all over the world today, uh, th- this week. The behaviour of the green panther as we call her the fist raving
0: <laughs> raising lydia thorpe she um kept that fist up didn't she 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 wasn't going She she had it up there all during the walk to come down to take her oath kept it up up in the end it looked it was a pretty bad look i thought but what made it so much worse was when you got the audio and she had the frightening tone of an frightening to adults anyway she sounded like a, a, an aggrieved thirteen-year-old girl being told uh, to say sorry <laughs> <laughs> to someone, and really not wanting to do it, really reluctantly. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry that I stole your lunch. <laughs> and um, she accused the Queen of colonising I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Queen's actually actively colonised anywhere. In fact, isn't the rev- hasn't the reverse been happening under her rule? Haven't they? Haven't, haven't you Brits ceded a lot of territory under the reign of Queen Elizabeth II?
2: Sadly, yes, Tim. Sadly, <laughs> we've been giving away colonies at a tremendously ridiculous rate. <laughs> should, having, you've given us a trigger warning, but perhaps we should listen to the real thing.
0: Well, please recite the affirmation on the card handed to you. I, sovereign Lydia
1: Thorpe, do solemnly and sincerely affirm declare that I will be faithful and I bear true allegiance to
0: the colonising Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Senator Thorpe. Senator Thorpe, you are required to recite
1: the oath as printed on the card, so please recite the oath.
0: I, Lydia Thorpe, do solemnly and sincerely
1: affirm and declare that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, her heirs and successors according to law.
2: <laughs> Was that right? Did she really say Her Majesty, her heirs?
0: Oh, she's a handsome lady. She's got a great do. I say salute it if you're a proud, proud subject. I also noticed that she didn't say declare, she declares. Yeah. As though there's something called clearing, <laughs> and to declare is the opposite of that. <laughs> if you clear, <laughs> if it's the opposite of declare, if you clear something, you're not going to do it. You're not. There's no oath. There's no vow. So she cleared it. She cleared it big time, man. Declare.
2: She took just inherently ridiculous. It's a shame that we couldn't play you the video on this audio podcast. Uh, but it, it just looked, as you said, Tim, like a like Vicky, Vicky Pollard, you know that character from Little Britain. Yeah, but no but.
0: I, I was going to say she was more of a and Jenna won't get the reference because she's but a child. <laughs> oh. But she's more of a Kylie Mole.
1: Yeah, she goes she goes she goes.
0: <laughs> and she just goes. And <laughs> she clears, she clears, she clears. <laughs> there was a, a whole whole lot of Kylie Mole going and there a touch of Vicky Pollard's. <laughs> uh She's an amalgam of unattractive personalities.
2: She stared at the clerk of the Senate with that expression that said, you're not my real dad, you can't tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) When, of course, there was a predictable reaction against her, against this absolutely absurd performance, it was a performance, she turned around and said, well, that just proves, just proves what I'm saying, you're all racists. You know, it it was taken... Reaction to her own ridiculousness is taken as affirmation of her own uh, righteousness, in her view. It's a bizarre thing bizarre
1: i've got a bit of a conflicting view gents because i sort of i like look it was it was immature and it was probably not appropriate specifically when you're trying to uh, serve as a you know an officer of the of the crown of which he's been elected to do but i it's had like smatterings of pauline Hanson, and when you have someone out ah. pauline Hanson, pauline Hanson in the senate you just know that these next couple of years are going to be absolutely magical when it comes to drama and debate
0: so she paulined from the left
1: yes yeah.
0: That's that's a very good point. There's a bit of crossover happening there. I wonder how I wonder how well they get along in the upper house. Yeah. She declares herself, of course, to be
2: indigenous. She lives in Collingwood, that plush inner city suburb in Melbourne. And she's in the Senate where she earns a, a salary of two hundred and ten something thousand dollars a year plus perks. Ooh. But she's only there apparently in order to infiltrate the colonial <laughs> project, she said on one occasion. <laughs> That's a pretty good salary, isn't it, for infiltrating the colonial project? you think it should attract a little less than that. She also doesn't <laughs> believe
0: the Senate's legitimate. So, bye, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: Look, of course, that was just one element of the pre-voice antics this week. We also had the ABC's Indigenous Affairs Editor Bridget Brennan I missed that. Saying saying of the um, proposed voice to Parliament it does need to have teeth it does need to be feared and revered. Mm -hmm. Now I throw this to the panel besides God besides the almighty what entity is simultaneously feared and revered by the same people any time in history? Because it's I don't think there is such a thing. I mean, you look perhaps at the Stasi, feared by the people of East Germany, revered by the government of East Germany, but not the same people at the same time. To have something feared and revered, it's almost by definition extremely divisive, wouldn't you say, Jenna?
1: Yeah, look. I think the only thing that conjures up those sort of images to me would be leg day at the gym. <laughs> yeah, she, Bridget went went really hard this week, and I think it's she does some fantastic work as the correspondent for the the national broadcaster. I'll give yeah. her that, and her appearance on. Um, insiders, and then throughout the week during GAMA festival, she, I think she really lent into. Probably, I think there was a lot of, lot of emotion going mm. on at GAMA, so that probably came into her a lot. Which again, as as journo's were sort of taught to maybe maybe keep that down and keep yourself out of the story, but I think she just really she lent into it.
0: And it was plainly, I think, a rehearsed line. I mean, when you when you're tapping your hands for emphasis, and you've got that sort of rhythmic structure to it, I think um, there was a bit of a plan there. Just, just saying, mm. just thinking. Mm.
2: Mm. I'm on the side of people who fear the voice. I, I think I'd rather not have it on balance. I mean, I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, we let's hold an open mind till we actually see the details. But on what we've seen so far, I'm not reassured. Particularly when Ant- Anthony Albanese says it, we, what was the, what was the word he used? It, be, it would be a very brave government that ignored their recommendations. I, uh, you know, when they say we have some advice for you, Prime Minister. It's actually got uh, mm. quite a. It's like what a policeman says, you know. Let me give you some
0: advice, <laughs> you, know.
1: yeah. Yeah. you sound like someone with yeah. some
0: experience in that regard, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty. By the way, Jenna, yeah. leg day. What the hell is it?
1: Leg day at the gym.
0: What does it mean?
1: So it's just
2: you just. And are we allowed to go?
0: I don't think it's for spectators. Nick. It's
1: interesting. So Corey Bernardi and I are <laughs> very big fans of Pilates, and uh, and he would get this reference. It's kind of when all you work on is just the lower half of your body, and there's a lot of glute work, mm-hmm. and your quads are absolutely on fire.
0: Okay, that's all you do. Pilates—that's a new word to me. <laughs> is it? Are they the same as Pirates? Those seafaring thieves.
1: Or Pilates.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My legs don't
2: get enough of an outing these days. I might take it up. What do you think? Well, that-
1: More <laughs> the merrier. Come on in. You'll
0: fear and revere it, Nick, and you'll, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you'll love it.
1: <laughs>
0: well, back to the,
2: the, the voice, the voice of Parliament. Um, it turns out, of course, we now have, and this is a, something to celebrate, 11 Indigenous voices in Parliament, uh, but maybe a 12th too. I, I see... Um, Bob Carter has yes. twice now declared himself Ooh. to be indigenous. You won't give my mob the right to own a piece of land. And 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 we were almost annihilated as a race of people, we Australians.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, I, I come from Blond Curry and I'm dark, I'm one of the curry mob, you know. And we made a hell of a bad mistake two hundred and fifty years ago letting you white fellas in. When the National Indigenous Times listed the
0: Indigenous senators, they didn't include him. Well, that's a bit unfair if he identifies as Indigenous. Which I thought was rather mean of them.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I was speaking to the father of the house in Canberra last week and he kept referring to himself as Indigenous. And I tried to pull him up on it and he didn't really answer it, you know, directly.
0: Sorry, sorry, we're talking about Bobcat now?
1: <laughs> Look, there was, that. <laughs> we're putting a video of of the chat, so he was too busy eating fr- a freeze-dried mango at the time. But he kept talking about, because I was asking him about, obviously, his 30 years in, mm. in, in Parliament. And he said he feels like a failure because he hasn't done enough for my Indigenous brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I- okay. And then he just kept talking about it. And he said, you know, these people are my friends. They're my family. They're, um, I played footy with them. I fought with them. We are, we are one. And I was like, Okay. Okay, that's that, That's fine. And I said, well, Bob, I think it doesn't really matter what you're going to do, you know, previously, but what are you going to do for the next couple of years while you're here? And he's adamant. There's this one bug there of his is that he couldn't get um, a an Indigenous community a market garden set up in his electorate, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that he wants to get through. That was that was over 20 years ago. So he's adamant that he wants it done.
0: Well, that's, that's admirable. But um, we've mm-hmm. got to start a campaign up for, for CATA recognition here. I think... <laughs> One mm. positive step would be that we refer to him as Uncle Bob Katter. So you're not really indigenous until you're an uncle or an aunt. These are these are the preferred honorifics, aren't they? So maybe we should Uncle That's Bob right. is uh, is uh, will um, finally achieve the recognition that uh, that he deserves.
2: Maybe we should get him on this show each week to do the Welcome to Country. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. He can sort show.
0: out his reparations by paying himself.
2: <laughs> the story goes that he he's actually his ancestry is actually Lebanese i think and that would disqualify him to be Aboriginal, but not so apparently uh, you you may have come across the case of love versus toms in the high court mm. uh, in the love versus toms mm. case a gentleman by the name of shane montgomery who's uh, alleged to be a member of a bikie gang and a new zealand citizen mm. a maori was about to be deported for his alleged criminal links Uh, he went to court and claimed that as an indigenous person, as an Aboriginal, he could not be deported. Uh, And he came with some certificates to say he'd been culturally adopted as an Aboriginal. Mm -hmm. Well, the High Court, in one of its rash moments, agreed and said, well, he'd no longer be deported. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the, uh, the implications are quite incredible. I mean, anybody could declare... Basically, if you can... Become culturally adopted by an Aboriginal community puts you above the immigration law. It's perhaps what I should have done early on, instead of going to all the trouble of getting citizenship. I should have just got culturally adopted. (laughs) And the previous government was quite sensibly appealing this decision, but on the quiet, Mark Dreyfus, the Commonwealth, the new Commonwealth Attorney General, has dropped the appeal. So this is now it. The president says, "You can find somebody who take you on board as an Aboriginal." No need to worry about visa requirements, nothing anymore. The immigration law can't touch you.
0: This this could add another layer of complexity to how people identify because I think Rita Panahi was talking the other day about in Victoria you can get your birth certificate changed to reflect your change of gender. So you can go from being a he to a she or the other way around. This doesn't apparently require any surgery or it doesn't have to be signed off by medical, it's just how you identify. But apparently, as reader explains it, you're able to change back as well, depending on your whim. You've got one shot at it every year. It's an annual event. You can switch switch over. Only once a year, Tim. I know, right? That's not enough. But like, shouldn't like I've got 57 years at my sleeve. I should be able to just get a bit of back credit there. Mm. <laughs> I could change 57 <laughs> times before April. <laughs> But if, you see what I'm driving at is that uh, when you've got everything being fluid all the time, how the hell do you even talk to people? Have you dealt with these issues, Jen, or have you just feared and revered them?
1: <laughs> I, I... I've taken a bit of a, a more of a macro approach um, and I, I've kind of I've, we've seen such a change in society over the years and I think co- COVID has probably exacerbated a lot but I just feel that everyone is so self-involved at this point mm-hmm. in time because everyone's about their brand everyone's about how they come across online so everyone just thinks that need to put themselves they you know everyone needs to put their pronouns mm-hmm. on their social media you know bios and it's sort of like if we stop caring about the thing sure they they're definitely important and how you identify Personally, is very important, like religion, like your gender, things like that. But the fact that we keep getting caught up in all of this nonsense, as a as a commentariat as well, is actually quite exhausting. When we should be focusing on issues that actually change the dial for people in society, rather than, you know, I know that Queensland are trying to move through this this rule as well, because I think only in Queensland and New South Wales you actually have to go through a gender assignment reassignment surgery before you can change your uh, birth certificate. But that's now the Queensland government are looking to wind that back as well. So it's just sort of like, are these issues? I mean, I'm sure they are important to people that are trans, Ooh. and that is incredibly important to them. But I just think that is it's a small, it's a small pocket of society.
2: Yeah, very small, really, uh, and uh, and used to be even smaller. But there did seem to be an element of social contagion mm. in all this. I don't know whether you come across this, Jenna, but the wrath of the transgender rights group, if you dare. Say anything that at all offends them; they uh, they come to. Uh,
0: we probably already have. <laughs>
2: oh dear, I, I think the press council case I had against them, or they had against me, is is still ongoing. But they they determined to. You know they're very active, aren't they? You've noticed this in the media that of, of all the activist groups, they are possibly the most persistent and most diligent in trying to. Oh
0: yeah, I was hauled before the human rights commission at one point. Just once. <laughs> Just on your point, Nick, about how long the press council are taking, I mean, they take a long time to do anything (laughs) anyway, but my case before the Human Rights Commission involved my coverage of a trans woman who had attempted to murder somebody with an axe, and the case went on for so long that by the time it was resolved, the now jailed trans woman had begun to transition back. I think the transition was almost completed. So the entire premise of the case was, was gone by the time uh, I got cleared by our friends at the HRC. So, yeah, it's all a bit uh, flexy. Flexy is
1: the is the big phrase of the past three years, that's for <laughs> yeah. sure. And
0: just if I can say about the press council, Nick and Jenna, you might, might have both noticed this. When they approach you, when they or approach your company with a complaint... They demand a response within a couple of days, and mm. then they do nothing for six months. It's like, guys, come on, you know. Oh. If you're going to give us deadlines, at least have a few yourselves. I'm going to start invoicing them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm keeping these guys in a job, you know. Between us, Nick, <laughs> like, how many people wouldn't have a gig at the the press council if it weren't for the likes of us giving them something to pick over pointlessly.
2: I was once given the worst job in the newspaper business and that is to be your newspaper's <laughs> representative of the press council. It lasted three weeks oh, no. because, I mean, they just mm. infuriated me. I just kept blowing up in front of them mm. at there was hearings and uh, the editor-in-chief decided that wasn't very helpful <laughs> so he put me on other duty. Your media career is going up and up, Jenny, oh, isn't it? You, you are a rising star. Oh, no. I- and you're... Me-
1: no, I wouldn't say that. I'm just I'm just happy to be involved. And Watching the the genesis and the evolution of the media.
2: You're bi-coastal now, I think.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. On the, <laughs> yeah. She, she identifies as bi-coastal.
2: Uh, puts you in the LGBTI spectrum. <laughs> I think. No, and, uh, not at all, not at
1: all. <laughs> no, I'm not a part of that community because I have none, none of that lived experience. I just have a lived experience of being denied from the Qantas Chairman's Lounge. That's my, that's my only experience. <laughs>
2: Terrible. I'm never going to fly that airline again. That's outrageous.
0: You've got to talk to the Green Panther. She's a member of the of the Qantas chairman club.
1: They are. They do. I, I do wonder if they if she's foregone that perk. Oh,
0: I don't think anyone ever does.
1: Yeah, I hear it's pretty nice.
0: Suck up to her next time she's on the show, so she she might, might <laughs> fling you a, a, a guest invite. I think you're allowed one guest from memory in those places. <laughs> I've all been to airports for a damn long time. I mean, more woke
2: performances in the uh, Australian Parliament this week. Monique Ryan bizarrely became the member for Kooyong defeating the Treasurer recently and uh, this was her contribution this week. COVID-19 infections in this country are at a record high and increasing. Can the Minister please explain how he proposes to manage the oncoming national significant burden of disability and chronic illness? Put your masks on. From repeated infection. (laughs) Order. From repeating the
0: repeating Well, thank you, Mr.
2: Speaker, and I thank the member for Kyong for her question. She's one of a large number of doctors and health professionals now in this Parliament. This pandemic, as the member points out, is still ravaging our community, and we're encouraging Australians again to be COVID-safe. In particular, as the member points out, to wear masks when indoors and not able to socially
0: distance.
1: At the risk of sounding uh, woke, I've taken to when we've seen an explosion of cases, or if I feel like I have a bit of a sniffle, I'll put on a mask for specifically the airport, airplanes, obviously, and in crowded indoor areas. But I don't really mind it, to be honest. I don't mind being having the mask on in crowded spots. Well, which that's, probably... so that's
0: so you don't get harassed by autograph hunters,
1: <laughs> <laughs> or the press council trying to serve. You
0: yes, something. exactly. Yes, not me, not me. You want that other guy. <laughs> I like, two things we found out, though, this week. Monique Ryan's a doctor. Never heard that before. She's never mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> Not even once. She's a shy one. But uh, how, many, how many times do you think that voice has been heard, I believe, probably dozens of times, demanding to see the manager? Oh. You know, she's got... There's a lot of Karen happening in that attitude, isn't there? <laughs> she's one of them Karens. The other thing we learned is that one of her fellow teals, Sophie Scamps, it's not pronounced Scamps. It's pronounced Scomps, which sounds like the best ska punk band in the history of music. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. hey, how'd you get a broken nose? Yeah. Oh, I've got an elbow in the face in the mosh pit at the Scomps.
1: Scomps.
0: <laughs> so I, I Googled it, and there there actually is a band called The Scomps, but it's just like, it's a family, a little bunch of kids who call themselves The Scomps. It might be their surname. <laughs> As well, but uh, just...
2: I prefer scamps, it sums them up better than the teal. It sounds it? impish and fun, impish, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but they're not impish of fun, they are anything <laughs> but impish, and fun. they are scamps. fun. They are the Puritan party. Put your mask on, <laughs> it's extraordinary thing. Actually, I was in um Canberra at the start of the week, and um, you don't get this picture from uh, question time because they're all close up shots, but when mm. you sit back, there is a st- partisan divide over mm. mask wearing which mm. is remarkable everybody on the government side is wearing masks and virtually nobody that I can see on the opposition side is bothering with masks and of course the teals claim to be independent they claim to be in between the two but the wearing of the mask I think identifies them very firmly in the government's camp Well, if you're, <laughs> really, more, did more than said? anything if they've notice, the colour
0: is teal there's a bit of a clue
1: yeah Chill. These Chill.
0: despised face nappies. Oh man, I hate them so much. It, it is
2: the ma- the MAGA hat of the left. Yeah, it is. in the
0: US. It does speak to. It speaks to virtue.
2: Are you a mask wearer, Jenna or do you prefer to go free <laughs> face? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thing that i found really interesting about the teals specifically this week when we saw obviously the climate change bill pass its first hurdle is we seem to forget we're comping the teals together but then di lee sort of sits out on her own as a true independent she abstained obviously from the vote, and yeah she's a mirac- like a miraculous woman and her success in fowler is just is 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 wonderful but it's just i just find that divide is going to be really interesting in the next in the next couple of months i think
0: One independent versus the party that is the Teals, you mean? Yeah. I mean, they basically gave up this week even pretending to be independents when they all independently, (laughs) just spontaneously decided they were all upset about detention of refugees Mm. in the same session of parliament, the same day. Mm. Every single one of them independently, not having communicated to each other. Perhaps telepathy is their gig. (laughs) <laughs> but they all, all all six of them, bingo bango, we're all up in arms about this. Mm. Stop and I think um one of the one of the scomps might have been Zoe, Zoe Daniel, she put up a social media post about this this miracle of uniformity and she just referred to today, uh several several backbenchers raised their concerns about um refugees in detention several backbenchers selling yourself a bit short there isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit fair enough
2: tim i think to define a party as somewhere where everybody agrees absolutely on the same subject is completely misleading i mean actually the definition of a political party at the moment
0: <laughs> where there's disputes <laughs>
2: the liberal party in new south wales is absolute <laughs> <laughs> disagreement being at one another's throats Believe in completely opposite
0: things. These independents have a greater uniformity of view than either of the major parties. They're the only party in the country that doesn't have factions. None at all. (laughs) But that will change. Yeah. That will change because not being sexist, don't don't want to go down that path, but I think that group might... There might be one or two elements within it that turns on other elements. Just, just prediction.
2: Maybe, but I think what you're seeing there is uh, is reflection of the fact that the real divide in Australian politics is no longer left right, mm. blue collar white collar, mm. city country, whatever. It is mm. woke non woke, and both major parties. You know where the, where they are divided most seriously is on woke questions, mm-hmm. climate change, perhaps transgender, other related issues. They get hot under the collar about. Whereas, of course, the teals are undeniably, the, the, the absolute wokest of the woke party. They're, they're, they're therefore unified. I wonder whether that's it and whether, in the end, the only way to, to properly divide Parliament will be along those lines. Put your mask on.
1: Or make sure you're wearing a tie at the very least.
0: Uh, you know, but there's, there's always, there's always <laughs> clever people who can work around the woke, woke strictures or, or basically any government limitations. There was a great case this week Well, last weekend, rather, in Texas, Houston, Texas. As with all Texan cities, unlike the rest of the state, uh, Houston is very Democrat, a Democrat mayor, who doesn't like guns. And they thought they would have a miniature version of our Australia's uh, gun buyback scheme. So they launched this, they uh, drafted up some rules for it, and, you know, you get certain amounts of money for certain pistols, certain amounts of money, more money for, you know, uh, semi-autos and so on. They weren't specific enough, though, in drafting these rules. So clever Texans, and there's a lot of them, fired up their 3D printers at home and at a cost of just $3 a piece <laughs> rattled off dozens and dozens of plastic but functioning pistols. And then they showed up and said, give me the money <laughs> they just made them so they could hand them in. One guy showed up with a whole box of them, like 60 or so, and they had to give him four and a half grand.
1: Oh, my Lord.
0: The key is, you've got to be careful in the wording. You've always got to get the wording right. And they yeah. just thought, well, guns are guns. Aha, uh-huh, okay, well, let's make something. They've closed that loophole now, but they, you know, to their credit, they honoured the deal. They realised that they'd been made fools of. <laughs> They handed over all that money, which is which you, you can buy a lot more guns with. A bit like a body
2: and Clyde movie, isn't
0: it? This is a stick-up, hand over the money. Oh, wait. Yeah, it hasn't finished printing yet. Just, just yeah. wait a second. And done. Okay, oh, now yeah. hand over the money. Yeah,
1: yeah. It also sounds like an episode of Veep as well.
0: Everything's like Veep these days. Everything <laughs> is like... Kamala Harris? Really? The script at Veep would have knocked back her speeches as unbelievable and, and you know comedically excessive and just... who? No real vice president would ever say anything as dumb as that. And they're like, <laughs> mm, let's see, hold my beer, says uh, Kamala. Yes. <laughs> but it's funny thing, I just want to talk about uh, guns in the US. Sometimes if you're in maybe a bar in California or New York, some of the sort of more anti-gun places, and they'll hear an Australian accent. And they'll say, oh, we should do what you guys did and, you know, the big gun buyback. You guys are great. You led the world with the buying back the guns. And they're really enthusiastic about it until I point out just what that would cost in American terms. So Mm. Mm. in Australia, we spend about half a billion dollars taking 650,000 rifles and firearms off out of circulation. That's about 20% of our entire armoury in Australia. 20% of firearms in the US... Is about what eight hundred eighty billion? Eighty sorry, eighty million firearms. They have got about four hundred million. There's more more firearms than people.
2: Mm. You're putting money before human lives, Tim. That's callous, callous.
0: That, yeah, but that's sixty billion dollars, right? If you invested the same amount as Australia relative to to their amount of guns, you want to take twenty percent of rifles and firearms out of uh, circulation. Well, you're going to spend $60 billion, and you know what you're going to have at the end of that? 320 million guns still out there. So yeah. you point out the scale of it, and they kind of back away a little bit from the whole, let's go down the Australian path.
2: They count money and economics in a different way there now, don't they? I, they just published Apparently a yeah. recession is no longer two quarters of negative growth. Yes,
0: that's, that's not official anymore. It's mm. nonsense.
2: What used to be called the... Build Back Better Bill apparently now is called the Inflation <laughs> Reduction Bill. <laughs> a strange claim that by spending more government money they're going to reduce inflation. I don't know what Milton Friedman would have said about that. It doesn't seem to make sense to me.
0: And uh, what used to be called the Advanced Dementia Awards now called the White House, which is a funny change of name, isn't it? <laughs> really stretching it for
2: that. <laughs> American diplomacy this week or. Cold War diplomacy took a new term when Nancy Pelosi mm. took a a flight with a pilot who apparently didn't know where the hell he was going. I saw the don't if you saw the <laughs> flight tracker just weaved all over the Pacific.
0: Maybe Nancy's husband was the pilot. He's got a bit of a weaving uh, weaving habit, hasn't he? According to the police reports out of California.
2: But eventually, it right landed in Taipei to the outrage of the Chinese government. I, I personally didn't see what it had to do with them, but. We kind of agree with that bit, don't we? That if the Chinese government says, "We don't want you to do this. You do it. Mm. You just do it." Out of yeah. like a, a bit like Lydia thought would be, you know, to an order from
0: her. We should send her to China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's delicious. laughs> the-
1: wow, that'd be <laughs> that'd be great.
0: She would not. She would not take their,
1: their crap at all. And
0: we wouldn't have I to take it. her back because they'd jail her for thirty
2: years. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, they'd be they'd be <laughs> urging us to take her back, and we'd <laughs>
0: <laughs> they'd be pleading.
2: They'd be trying to force her onto a plane, and we'd be saying no, no. It'd be no, a diplomatic no. <laughs> standoff.
0: We seem to have mislaid her passport. We don't know him. Oh, sorry, man.
2: But there, there was a sort of degree of chaos in the in the White House. I thought. Um, I mean, you do do these things, obviously in diplomacy. You you can you ramp up mm. the pressure by doing something a bit more provocative like that, but then. It's like playing chess, isn't it? You've mm-hmm. always got to have the next move. So, what do you do next? And it, it seemed to me that it just seemed like a random thing that happened. I think Maybe Pelosi f- never been to Taipei. Maybe yeah. she f- fancied a trip to see what it's like. Lovely country, by the way. But no rhyme or reason. Mm. I don't think that would have happened under Jim Baker at the uh, White House, would it? You know, when Ronald Reagan was mm. ruling the roost and Jim Baker was keeping some sort of order on proceedings. I have a Jim Baker story to tell you, actually later on. But anyway,
0: better if there was more of a purpose to it than just a photograph. And a, and a sort of a couple of lame press conferences or whatever she did. Mm-hmm. If there was some, uh, you know, trade deal or something like that, or some sort of um, memorandum of understanding or something, something with a couple of signatures on it, you know, more than mm. uh, more than was accomplished. Because yeah, it looked like just. Yeah. A, a sort of a one-step arrangement and then yeah, what's your follow-up definitely. nope nothing mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. second move mm-hmm.
2: you got anything to add I'll, otherwise I can tell my Jim Baker story which is
1: love a Jim Baker story
2: please okay. James Baker the... the
1: man who ran Washington
2: yeah we, we've all we've all had a bollocking from time to time from a from a superior but Ooh. nothing like this there was a, a boy called stockman who was an economic advisor to uh, to the president who said something rather careless to the Atlantic uh, which appeared in print and embarrassed the president so baker this is from hw brand's biography of reagan baker summoned him for a chat Dockman had frequented baker's office during the nine months of reagan's presidency (laughs) until it had become familiar to him even comfortable today was different a different james baker was sitting two feet away he plunked himself down on the chair without saying a word His whole patented opening ritual had been completely dispensed with no off-color jokes, no casual walk around his big office before he sat down. This time it was business and his eyes were steely cold. My friend, he said, I want you to listen up good. Your ass is in a sling. All the rest of them want you shit-canned right now, immediately this afternoon. If it wasn't for me, you'd be a goner already but I've got you one last chance to save yourself. (laughs) So you're gonna do precisely and exactly what I tell you. Otherwise, you're finished around here. You're gonna have lunch with the president. The menu is humble pie. You're gonna eat every last mother effing spoonful of it. You're gonna be the most contrite son of a bitch this world has ever seen. (laughs) 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 Baker asked him if he understood, he nodded. Baker stood up to let him know the session was over. Stockman headed for the door. Baker fixed him again with his cold eyes. Let me repeat something in case you didn't get the point, he said. When you go through the oval office door, I want to see that sorry ass of
0: yours dragging on the carpet. <laughs> 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 didn't mess around, did he? James Baker them
1: Oh God, I just I read his um the ma- the man who ran Washington over um the summer holidays. What a force! There
0: were quite a few back in the day. There was a guy called Lee Atwater who was fairly forceful. Uh huh. It was just a, an alpha male kind of period in American politics, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and that probably continued right up until uh, and throughout the Clinton years as well. He had some mm. fairly irascible entities in his administration. So uh, <laughs> it's a little little bit softer and gentler. At least at least the public image is a little softer and gentler now.
1: Yeah, there kind of isn't any – I mean, I think when we had, like, mm. Trump, because there was yeah. so many chief of staffs, it did. there wasn't that –
0: Continuity and
1: – There wasn't that one – Yeah, focus. whereas – and then now you wouldn't even – I wouldn't even know off the top of my head who Biden's point guard is at this – well, that's terrible, but
0: – It's a nurse. It's a nurse.
1: <laughs> How has he got – I don't understand how many times has he had COVID in the past two weeks? It feels like he's had it and just keeps.
0: COVID is such a prankster. It like it makes fools of people. Yeah. So, Biden, after his first bout, gave a press conference and said, "You know, Trump had COVID. He ended up in hospital in serious condition. Well, I had COVID and I worked yeah. all week. So, yeah." Yeah. And then two days later, COVID's gone. Oh, really? You think hospital? you beat? You think you're going to beat me, old man? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, here's another yeah. dose of the yeah. COVID for you, pal. Yeah. But go. I've, got a, yeah. I've got a niece who had it twice within five weeks. So Biden even beat her. I thought wow. she had a rapid turnover from it. But um, wow. no, Biden, uh, Biden, Biden's beaten everybody. He's got, maybe he's got double COVID. Yeah.
1: Can yeah, you get COVID. it? Like double pneumonia? <laughs> like- <laughs> One in each lung. That's horrible.
0: our Facebook page, Tim. Oh, people saying nice things again.
2: Our new Facebook page has become a forum for very sensible people. Mm. Rod Dines writes, essential listening for any right-minded mm-hmm. Australian. So essential there should probably be a section of the citizenship <laughs> test that refers to happenings on the swill.
0: <laughs> Errol
2: Gray writes, one of the few podcasts to say what a lot of us think. Keep up the good work. Yeah, that's what's going to get us into trouble one day, I'm afraid, Errol. Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas writes, good fun and with a logical, ruthless and common sense outlook. I do not detect the logical, but anyway, thank you. And uh, Mark Gibson, their irreverent look at current affairs is a breath of fresh air. Keep it up, chaps.
1: I'd, what I love about like these forums and stuff is that the fact that we can all have very different mm-hmm. points of view, very different politics, but we can all have a yeah. chat about what we think. And there's no yelling, there's no cancelling, there's no, you don't call me the Ron pronoun. We can all just have a chat and get along and then go and have a beer afterwards.
2: Absolutely. We are in favour of diversity inclusion. We want diverse views and we want to include them.
0: Genuine diversity.
2: But it's mm. been terrific. And you can email me at, um, we only have one email address, I'm afraid, because they, you, you, pay per e- you have to pay per email address. Yeah,
0: that's where do, our diversity <laughs> runs out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: Easy me. to remember. Nick <laughs> at the swill.com Jenna, real pleasure to have you on the show. Absolutely. Tim, thank you. Always a pleasure to
0: um, co-host with uh, with yourself. Talk again next week.
2: Every American and LBJ is with Australia all the way.
0: Australia is the
2: best place in the world to bring up a family. but we will decide who comes to this country and the circumstances in which they come. How good is Australia?